0: Yeah, personal project. Yeah, I love it. but again, back to the—did uh, we actually talk about con- uh, I, connections?
1: Do we just skim no, around? No, I,
0: lo- I, lo- I love our little tangents that we go on. It's exciting.
1: Hey, you're listening to the first episode of Shoutout to My Teacher. My name is Anthony, and from September to June, I work as a high school teacher and student life coordinator in the Lower Mainland BC area, and this is a new show that I'm starting up. This show is conversations with other teachers, friends, and hopefully future guests about the teachers and mentors and coaches and role models that have influenced and inspired us. We'll talk about what they taught us, how they poured into us, and how it shaped us into who we are today. We'll also talk about other topics, whatever catches our attention. Now, each episode is going to be different depending on who I'm talking to. We'll have fellow educators, and we'll talk about our teaching practices and experiences, but we'll also have a variety of other people from different walks of life, just to keep things fresh and varied. And at some point during the show, my guest has to give a shout-out to someone that has influenced and inspired them to be the person they are today and tell our listeners why. Hence, the title of the show is Shout-out to My Teacher, an appreciation and recognition to the people that were part of our formative experiences. There's a couple of things that went into the origins and beginnings of this podcast, but basically over the past few months of the COVID quarantines, I learned how to do podcasts for the school I work at and had so much fun with it, that I thought I'd make a new show and carry it on this summer and share it all with you. Now at the core of this, this is a passion project for myself. It's something for me to connect with others. Something as a bit of a broadcast of introspective reflection for myself as I think about my teaching practices, and hearing from other people how they go about it. It's something to feed my creative drive and generally inquisitive nature. And it's just something to do this summer for the laughs and giggles. It's a new hobby. And for those of you listening, my hope is that there's something encouraging, something thought-provoking, or maybe it's just something entertaining for you. Hopefully you can relate to some of the stories or ideas you hear. And my goal is to do a couple of episodes this summer just to see where it goes so if you like the show, let me know. But first, I gotta give a shout out to my fellow co-workers at the Academy. We did it. We got through this year. P- much appreciation, respect, and love for you all. You guys inspire me to be a better teacher, and I've seen so many interesting and creative things that have come out of this need to be innovative, whether it's meeting the demands and the tightrope, tightrope of the IB in faith-based education, or adapting to teaching off-site and online and balancing life and keeping it together while trying to be an authentic educator and while trying to connect with others so shout out to you all this show is dedicated to you all and today on the show we have one of those said co-workers my friend my co-worker mr. Mitch Gevlin.
0: how's it going hey, Anthony Mitch.
1: I'm so glad you're on this show first episode
0: Thanks for having me on this show. I'm super stoked about it. Oh,
1: me too. First episode, you are our MYP science teacher. That's right. What does MYP stand for?
0: Middle Years Program.
1: Okay, so for those who don't know, MYP is an acronym as part of the IB, we're International Baccalaureate School. And so MYP stands for Middle Years Program, and you do the sciences.
0: Yep, and it's basically like a a prep for the DP program. Yeah. What that's like. Yeah, which is diploma.
1: Diploma. You're also one of the track and field coaches. That's right. Yeah. You're a self-proclaimed fitness guru. That's right. Yeah, I've seen you in the in your portable just running through a burpees with some students at like 4 p.m. after school. That's right. Yeah, you're just driving them. You're a uh, COD war zone addict. Yep. That's been doing that summer, right? I love it. Oh, dude. And finally, you are my favorite patriotic American import. Hashtag USA and thank me. you so much. All the way from the Midwest. Oh, yeah. All the way from the Midwest. So Ratha Bamich, this show is about shout out to my to your teacher. Shout out to my teacher. You gotta give a shout out.
0: All oh, right. It was I, actually before coming on to the show, I was like trying to think. I'm like, wow, I had so many influential teachers in my life, right? So it's gonna be hard to choose. Like it's not necessary like choosing a favorite teacher because I had a lot of teachers who were influential. But when I thought deeply on it, I'm like, wait a second. The biggest part of my life right now is running and, of course, like coaching. So I'm like, what? How can I trace it back to an individual teacher? Then I thought um, back in my grade tenure in the United States, they call it sophomore year, I had a cross-country coach and an English teacher. And a, he's also a media literacy teacher. But his name was Paul Bonnell. And he was, I would say, by far my most influential teacher. Yo, Shout out to Paul Bonnell. Shout out to Paul Bonnell.
1: Is he still teaching?
0: Um, I don't think he is. I think he takes the, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what he's doing now.
1: But he was a teacher to you, and he was good.
0: Yeah, he was really good.
1: Okay, you gotta tell us, why did how did he inspire you?
0: Yeah, definitely. So, um, kicking back to grade ten year when I first joined cross country, I joined it kind of like, I don't know, as a as a joke because I didn't view it as really a competition. I thought you just jogged through the woods. So, like, I would, the first cross country meet, I just like jogged and had a little bit of fun, came in like almost dead last place. Um, but it was interesting that uh, seeing Paul Bonnell's victory speeches, like, before each cross country race, they're, they're like very inspiring. And you, you, you started, or the people who were listening to these victory speeches started to realize that running is more than just an exercise. So, um, the following meets as i started to move up the line of i mean it's kind of easy to move up from dead last place but as i started to move up and started to get inspired by him even more it just kind of pushed me to persevere and almost become addicting addicted to this sport that um i originally thought it was a joke
1: yeah you you're on track and field so track and field encompasses a lot of things but what are you specializing
0: um for track and field yeah yeah i special i would say like my specialty was the eight hundred meter dash i held the school record at um a one fifty six um eight hundred meter pace but it's mid distance to long distance is my overall performance zone
1: yeah yeah and so what's something that like you're i remember you talk you're you're doing a lot of marathons now, so what's some recent competitions you've been in?
0: Oh man, I got to brag about this. one. Yeah, call ahead and brag the, about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the by, bifur- I've I've done so many like long distance races, like from Victoria Marathon to Grandma's Marathon, um, and then short distance and triathlons combined. But the best race experience of all time, and for you listeners out there who are just like itching to like have these new race experiences, is the Disney World marathon like oh, yeah, i
1: remember you doing that it's it's
0: a whole series like i did the dopies challenge but if you just want to do one of the races of the four then you could do that too yeah i remember you during we did the sun run together right we did it as a team
1: yeah that's right yeah you clocked in how what are you timing as it was a <sighs> 10k run the sun run is a 10k run that takes place around vancouver um it starts off downtown it takes you long sometimes it goes to stanley park right yeah, um,
0: st- no, not Stanley Park. I think it goes through like just downtown
1: Vancouver, just through downtown Vancouver. But it goes along the wall, after some or like yeah. the south end, right? But
0: yeah, like where that big stadium is, like the B, is it BC Stadium? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, last time we last year they canceled it this year with COVID, but last year we did it. I remember you clocked in at like thirty something minutes no 10K. not
0: that would be super fast no about i think it was about thirty-six, 30.
1: 36 minutes yeah which is nuts 36 10k but the guys who came first they came in at like 28 minutes yeah they're
0: going ready they're sprinting <laughs> that's crazy
1: yeah. 28 minutes 10k yeah hey so just for the people who are actually runners out there what were the what would you say to them like if you wanted to get into running and what were some tips like what would you tell the kids about running
0: I I think I gotta I gotta kick it back to um my influential teacher K- and kick coach it back yeah to Paul I got Paul yeah. Bonnell man um, and he said I, running I'd was say, more than a sport right yeah you it's definitely it's it's definitely more than a sport and then like for example like he would like I mentioned victory speeches and what I mean by that is he would start with this influential speech and then one of them being of this like military guy who was like competing in the um I believe it was either the Olympics or some sort of big race event and. His quote before the race is like he wasn't a runner, but like um, most of the other guys were like qualified runners. But his quote before the race was like, "If I'm standing, I'm gonna medal. I'm I will medal." And nobody believed him, but he like kind of like ran throughout like the whole entire race, like persevered through like the pain, and at the end he was still standing. And he like as people were were running by him at the end, they were like kind of like laughing, but. There's only two people that ran by him. So he took third place. And the crazy part about that is that I really began to see is that like there is some sort of mental connection to running. And I think it's 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 more than than just a like I'm just gonna go out and exercise and run, right? So there's yeah. like that that mental endurance that you have to have. And throughout his other victory speeches, um my other favorite one was like Steve Prefontaine. He's like a legendary runner. And um, his big quote was... Sorry, some... Steve Prof- Prefontaine? Yes, Steve Prefontaine. What, what's he known for? He um, ran for Oregon State, and then he was basically the one who like inched for the four-minute mile, one of the first um, competitors in that, like legendary runner. And he had a tragic, tragic death uh, in a drunk driving um, accident. Oh, boy. What year was this? Yeah. Oh, man, I, I don't know the exact year, but it, okay. was, it was a while back. we well, have to Google but that. Yeah, but Stephen Prier-Fontaine, one of his biggest quotes was, like, um, well, it's it's about, like, some some run to, like, receive a prize or, like, some compete to receive prizes, but I run to see who has the most guts, right? So there, there's, like, also... So there's, like, the individual toughness aspect of it, but also through um, cross-country and through, like, having him as a coach, there's, like, a severe, like team aspect about it too right right yeah so it's that like mental toughness that he taught you as your
1: track and field coach but this team aspect what's this team aspect about
0: yeah i i think like the team aspect is like one of like the the biggest things because he viewed every single athlete on our team and he would pull in like i said he was really good at narrations he's like an english teacher right right he would like like tell the story if we had like a cross-country meet in in the rain or whatever of this epic finish and but you like narrate like the the look on like the athlete's face and the, the 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 look of um confidence the look of like perseverance the look of like um competing to win like that sort of deal like or not necessarily win the race but win their record their personal best record right and then having all the team like kind of like work together it's like if you pass a person, you get a point for your team. So it's like kind of like that that team mentality and team effort. And uh, it was it was amazing. It was like amazing drive to be a part of, like knowing that um, you're going to make that commitment at the beginning of every race that you got to pass. And one of his quotes was like pass, take control, which is one of my favorite ones. I still use it with my, my kids today. You say pass, take control? PTC. He would just say PTC. PTC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it that's was, a
1: really good um, sh- catchphrase if you're a runner, right? Just pass the other person, take control. Oh and my!
0: You. It w- it works too because if you think about it, for those of you guys who have ran a race before, that like when somebody gets around you and if they slow down, like yeah, it'll tick you off, but they're they're setting the pace for you, like yeah, <laughs> it's the new pace, right? So I think like the important thing is like if you have to accelerate to get around someone, you pass and then now you're controlling the pace. You're the new drill zone so it just i feel like i have a lot of victory speeches to tell through like what he gave what paul Benoit gave but i think the most important thing is that it motivated me to see running as more than just an exercise it's like this this intense sport it is like a it's a confidence builder it's it builds your perseverance as well and it and especially like your team bonding skills yeah
1: too. we have a good track and field team at the school we're at right now
0: I 100% would oh, agree with you.
1: It's so encouraging to see um, the work that all the coaches who are part of the track and field um, team—they've put in work into building that culture at our school. So shout out to them! And uh, it, it, like I remember, at, we have a retreat at a amazing uh, lodge or retreat center called Rockridge, which I think is in. What area is Rockridge again? I can't remember. Like it's the Penticton, somewhere on the island, right? No, no, no. It's in the Penticton, no? Princeton area. Put in the Princeton area, and at six thirty a.m. during the retreat, when kids could be sleeping in, the track and field team is out there doing a practice already. Like they're waking up at six thirty a.m. to practice because of the examples their coaches have set for them, but also the, the main leaders, the main runners at our school, the older seniors, they get and and rally everyone together to start working and start training for the season cuz track
0: and field season is in fall yeah that's right yeah i i think like another big thing about that is that these like these kids discipline like it it, it goes far right it's um because we have teams and and both the boys and the girls who like compete at the BC level which is equivalent in the states as like as a, at the state level. So yeah. it's like that's a pretty big deal and we have some we have some athletes that even place within the top 50.
1: Yeah. Just for context for people who are listening this is a big deal for us cuz we're a small school. We both work at a small school. We have about like 600 students from K to 12. Mhm. So that averages to about 30 40 kids per grade, which is really small so for us to have some students who are representing it at the higher levels in BC is a big deal for us. And that's something to be proud of, but they've been working hard. They've been even working during the quarantine season. Like they do zoom calls and they post each other's PBs and all that. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Funny thing with that is that they would be meeting on zoom for like core yeah. workouts after their run. So they'd core be completing workouts. Exactly. So they would, every day during COVID, they would be doing their runs that cause, uh, um well the head coach is uh mr Davy jin yeah and he would be coming out with the workouts they would be doing the the running workouts throughout the week and we had once a week wednesday core and then it's it's funny because they had all they would all be there and then we would just like crunch through the core together and it's it just made for a really good experience that's so so good yeah
1: that's so good yeah so uh, can you just say what was those catchphrases again that paul Bonnell used just as a reminder for ourselves Pass, take control. Pass, take control, and running is more than just a sport.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like a derivative that I came up with. That he, like you know, I learned through his coaching style that it's it is more than just a sport. It's just, yeah,
1: and it builds that endurance and resilience, which is really good because we need that endurance and resilience, especially during this quarantine and COVID time. I think while we were teaching it led us on to self-isolation as you know, but we still had to conduct teaching and learning online Mm -hmm. and doing it by yourself is so different from doing it together with your other coworkers. I know I suffered and I don't feel like I've taught my lessons as well. um, When I was just stuck at home by myself trying to figure it out. And I relied on like our weekly zoom meetings or just face to face calls with some other teachers just to see what we're doing. But it was hard. And there was that level of resilience and mental toughness that we needed as teachers to be able to do that. So I thought, Hey, what did, what did you do to stay sane during that time while trying to be an offsite teacher, online teacher?
0: I you talking talk about doing the quarantine time. Yeah. Like yeah. what do we do in yeah. our
1: spare time? Like we'd spend maybe eight, nine hours on Microsoft teams or on zoom conducting all our meetings. Right. But all that screen time just gets to you.
0: It it does. It and does. not
1: seeing anyone else in person gets to you. So what were some practices, some things you did just to stay sane as a professional educator?
0: Yeah, I... I definitely doubled my uh, exercise load because hashtag fitness guru, <laughs> guru, you know? Yeah, man. I started and texting you all the
1: things i have running as
0: well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that, that's some some good pieces. I think, like, another thing is that, like, it's it seems that, like, quarantining would, like, separate you from your family and friends, but I actually thought that uh, the quarantine zone, like, actually drew me closer because before quarantine, I bought an Xbox. <laughs> yeah. And it's I'm I wasn't, like, I had, like, a full, like, 10 years where I didn't do gaming. And then, um, but the whole thing was that I did it to, as an outlet to connect with my brothers. And um, another another thing is that I, I really wanted to help my mom out where, with her fitness goals. And um, I haven't even shared this with you yet, but like it's a really cool story um, because she started with uh, the Beach Body on Demand, which is like this cool program online for fitness. And I'm like, okay, mom, we're going to do this uh, 100 day workout together we're on day 50 right now um halfway through I celebrate right but um through that my mom opened up Beachbody and started doing all the workouts and um she also she also did the Weight Watchers program and Weight watchers, yeah. to this day like she's lost a total of 15 pounds and is like super motivated like and through like the conversations that I've had with her she has so much more energy and it just It's so encouraging because, again, exercise is more than just a sport, right? its It it builds that resilience. But, it, like, I, I saw, like, the evidence, like, just unfold before my eyes and being able to be part of that. And that's another reason why I'm part of coaching, too, is, like, to see that growth, to celebrate the growth with others. And it just, I don't know, it just, like, kind of makes me emotional to my mom, like, happy and energetic. Dude, so, I love you just bringing,
1: you're just bringing it back to exercise more than just a sport. Yep. Because COVID – If anything, that's really interesting that you bring it up, that COVID and quarantine has actually drawn us closer to people. Because with the more time that we have during uh, COVID and not going outside, we've been forced to connect and send messages to friends. Like there's some buddies I haven't talked to in a while, and I just send them a message and say, hey, how are you doing? And we end up FaceTiming and talking and catching up. So for you, it's been... Catching up with your, I guess your friends or brothers.
0: My 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 brothers, my friends, my my family in general. So
1: So you've been able to stay connected. Oh yeah, like that. You know what I did? What did you do? I got into TikTok. Oh (laughs) yeah, same here, bro. (laughs) Yo, Uh I know. We can talk about TikTok. TikTok's so funny, eh? Yeah, yeah. I remember just seeing it, and when it first came out, it was it was it was basically Vine. Mm -hmm. But now it's it's more than Vine and. Uh, there's a lot of teachers on TikTok. Like, if you go on the teaching side of TikTok, it's hilarious. It's so funny. There's so many things. Y'all could check out the teacher side of TikTok. It's so funny. But that's why I did to say, Sane.
0: Yeah. I also, like, learned about, like, the how, how-to how version of TikTok, too. That's super cool. I learned, like, five things about my iPhone that I never knew how it, like, operated before. Like, you can say open sesame to unlock it.
1: Really? So cool. On an iPhone? Yeah. <laughs> there's so many weird things on TikTok, like... It it just ranges from, let's say, dumb videos of people and their cats. Well, cat videos aren't dumb, but just silly videos. Yeah, that's of people. like over
0: half my videos. That's right over there. half your videos. That was a cat shot at you guys. Yeah. Oh, for sure.
1: <laughs> but it's like how to videos, videos about life, and um, what else have I seen recently? Have you seen the Don't Leave Me challenge?
0: Oh, the Don't Leave Me. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, that's good.
1: Okay, um. So that's what I did. I ended up using TikTok a lot and making a lot of videos and did the chapel podcast for the school.
0: Yeah. And TikTok's definitely addicting, but... It's it's also cool because like my my wife uh, is like one of my huge encouragers in life. And she says, okay, for every hour you spend on Xbox or like TikTok, you have to have a half hour of exercise. I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> 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 of course, let's do this thing. Do so it's just like a good motivating challenge right, yeah, to have yeah. a, achieve that balance in life. So
1: That's pretty good. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear from everyone. What did you guys, what did other teachers do to stay sane during this time? I definitely ran more. Yeah, yeah, and I was saying to you, because I'd see you post like some running videos, and like I just got to run more. That's right. Yeah, and so, in besides staying sane, we also had to figure out how do we build connections with kids without seeing them face to face, Mm. and it was really interesting because there's some students who actually thrived during this time, and they thrived in teaching. I, not teaching they thrived learning without the distraction of other students mm-hmm. i've heard some stories about that but there's other students who actually needed that face-to-face interaction and you can just see their motivation dip lower and lower and lower so how did you or what kind of niche hmm. or what kind of attitude you take in trying to build this connection with kids online
0: that is a really good question and i would i would go to the extent that uh The online learning actually opened up more opportunities for um, connecting with the students because you guys you guys have experience for all the listeners out there like you know what the classroom setting is like. like the teacher will either lecture or even with your group projects you don't really get a chance to connect well with the teacher or to be like mentored by the teacher. But what I noticed with like online learning is that there was that open office hours where students were um, to attend like once a week, and then let's I would, pause here. We yeah. got to
1: explain this open office hours yeah. to people.
0: Yep. So basically, like you have like the regular whole class lesson, and then outside of the class lesson, um, you can sign up for like the the schedule. It could be 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. like a half hour time slot but I told the students that they could meet anywhere from five minutes to 30 minutes just for extra yeah. support on their projects um, that right. they were working on.
1: We got to explain this projects also, because our school did something different, right? We did something. Well, when COVID started, we came up with a interdisciplinary thing called project 20. Mm-hmm. And you can correct me if I'm wrong on this because I did a DP program. So DP program diploma program we just kept on s- teaching the single subject things as we are used to so i just continued teaching english and bible as i normally would except brought down at a reduced rate uh so as not to overwhelm the kids but the middle years programs teachers our grade 6 to 10 teachers they did something different mm-hmm. project 20 which was interdisciplinary and can you, is that is that yeah. right
0: yep cuz project 20 is basically like a mini personal project was personal project is like the One of the, I would make the argument like one of the hardest things. Um, It's an IB thing, eh? It's the most tasking IB thing that like it lasts like over a course of several months and the kids have to go through like certain stages of their personal project and then type up a final report. But this one was just basically a mini personal project for them to get used to the language of the personal project and um, I don't know, just to receive the support that they need. So like when they enter into their personal project, they feel um, that boosted confidence.
1: Yeah, and there's some really cool personal projects we've seen.
0: So cool! There, there's one. One of my favorites is like this girl learned how to like tune a piano for her personal project. No
1: way! She yeah. That's a really cool personal project. Tuning a piano.
0: Tuning a piano. Yeah. Wow. And then there's another kid that like talking about keyboards. Like he built a computer keyboard. Crazy, right? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, so this is a personal project I've
1: seen. It wasn't at this school, but it was at another school when we were still figuring out what personal projects were in this whole IB thing when we first started. Uh, This kid at this other school, he started a business, but it was with sneakers. No. And so what he did was that he would purchase sneakers at a lower price and then upscale them. And he'd go around to different thrift stores. He'd get them like expensive classic Air Jordans, for example. You know the Air Jordans—they go for yeah, a huge yeah. amount of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'd buy them online, or find them at thrift stores, polish them up a bit, and resell them at a higher value, and made it a business. If I remember this correctly, at the end of a couple months, he made a profit of like th- th- something like three, four, five grand.
0: That's amazing.
1: After a couple of months. That's
0: that's so cool. It was cool. It was
1: cool. Yeah, personal project. Yeah, yeah. I love it. But again, back to the. Uh, did we actually talk about conne- uh, I, connections? Did we just skim around? No, it? I, lo-
0: I, lo- I love our little tangent. <laughs> we, we just went off <laughs> a little tangent yeah. about personal
1: projects. We we, we're, we are
0: IB. Uh, would you say that we're IB hype teachers? Like, we, yeah, hype, we, we hype up the program. Yeah, like, we. It's I, the best, guys. We
1: drank the IB Kool Aid. Yeah, we did. We drank the IB Kool Aid. A lot of it. So, if you're listening to the show, we'll talk about Well, if I, if I get my other coworkers on, we're going to talk about the IB a lot. So if you don't know understand the language, you can ask us. IB stands for International Baccalaureate. It's that program. It's kind of that people often kind of fear because it's really hard, but it's it's a rewarding program. It's been challenging for me as an educator as well, but it's made me into a better teacher because the standards are really high.
0: Mm-hmm. Really high. It's quality education.
1: It's good education. We we but, say IB at our school. It's a. It's not the core of our school because at the core we're a faith-based Christian school. That's right. But it's a guest. Mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta say that I gotta put that on the record um and i stand by that but back to our original question (laughs) we totally skimmed it how did we build connections with kids during this time
0: yeah i that's that's a huge thing that i've noticed like during this quarantine time is that i'm actually like one of the youngest uh teachers here i'm only 26 years old and um, the interesting thing is that my, my first day here I'm a new teacher here like this is my second year right I yeah. consider myself new but my first like day here I had some parents say like where's your school uniform <laughs> so I'm like um I'm actually a teacher of your child like your son is in my class yeah I got oh I, no way
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got that also when I it was like my first or second year here yeah and I was f- teaching PE first and so my clothes were a bit casual and I had my back turned uh and one of our coworkers came up to me and was about to approach me but we're in uniform I turned around and uh that coworker realized oh I'm actually one of the teachers here wow. it was like 2 months in when I was here but like I still have a young face so I can blend in really well
0: and my best response is is like guys that uh, running is the fountain of youth like you're not going <laughs> to age if you run like or back at this back again back to the full circle right but um yeah. Back to our connections with yeah. teachers. <laughs> anyway, but because I, I feel like um I don't know. I there there's a certain extent that like as a teacher you gotta have like that authority in the classroom and um yeah, and it's kind of like set set those boundaries and like all that. So but what I noticed about the quarantine is that it actually like with those office hours I was talking about, it opened up the opportunity to connect with the students and um I I would like to consider myself, like, in that moment, like, when you're a teacher at a child's home, like, you're, like, an older, like, for me, like, I'm an older brother to that student, like, when I'm at the home, right, so I'm more of, like, I'm there because, like, okay, I want them to be able to trust me, and um, basically, I want to mentor and coach them through their assignments, so the really cool thing is that, like, there was a lot of kids that I noticed pre-quarantine that really struggled, and really struggled with keeping up their marks and really struggled with engaging in what they're learning and seeing like really no purpose in like doing any assignments whatsoever or just didn't turn anything in. Um, but then I made that pact. I'm like, if you want to meet with me for only five minutes and be done, say sayonara, that's fine. And But what I noticed like with a lot of what happened is that they would be working on their project and um, I'd say, all right, take your project out and then that five minutes turned into like going overtime, like going for thirty-five minutes, because thirty minutes was the max. And I really noticed that like once that that bridge of trust was like opened, and that the kids were able to say like, "Wow, like I do have skills, and my teacher knows how I can use my skills to um, do the very best I can on my assignment," then you know like that trust bridge is is built and. Um, they start to take more risks and they start to, like, develop that confidence that they need to succeed. Yeah. yeah,
1: That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, just to backtrack, what's another really good example of a project that really showed that risk taking that a student did?
0: Hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about over, like, quarantine or?
1: No, yeah, with this recent, what you've
0: recently seen. With a kid taking a risk, that's... There so ATL skills. This is another abbreviation for I, IB, and it's uh, called approach to learning, right? And then they're essential skills that like all all businesses need. And we did this one ATL skill called um, creativity and innovation. And we, basically, like the concept of it is that they would go through different activities, like where they're able to create and innovate. And this is all formative mark. They're like their their report card marks weren't going to be affected by yeah. it so it was really cool to see like um because one of the prompts was to create like a iphone app like a, the home screen of a phone app oh interesting And all you would have to do and then relate it to um solving a problem and then a really cool one that i saw was a recycling app of like where it like will say like what qu- like quality qualities of material do you have like is it plastic paper and then it'll show like all the different options you can either like do like options of like making art out of it or like actually like recycling it or um it just gave you like resources of what you could do yeah based off like what you clicked right on your on your app so and then there's even some like on the app there is like options for you to like make money from like your your recycling oh interesting so i thought that was really cool but it was also like you can tell that the kid was very passionate about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But through taking risks and like being able to be like creative and like supply ideas to solve the problem that like and that they, they knew the market could be affected by it, then they were able to create something substantial.
1: Right. And part of risk-taking or encouraging kids to take risk is creating those opportunities for creativity. That's right. Yeah. And that's something I'm always very curious, and I think that's hopefully I future guests we can explore this. But, yeah, mm-hmm. ATL skill. I don't know if – what do you say the ATL skill was again?
0: Approach to learning.
1: Yeah. Well, you said it was creativity and innovation, right?
0: Yep. I think there's Which a certain, is the category. Like That's there's, a category, yeah. But also another really cool one is uh, even as, as adults, like, I don't – like I wouldn't say that I have like completely become a professional in listening skills, and That's fair. there's an ATN, there's an ATL like listening skill too. So like people are like, oh, I already know how to listen. And it's like, yeah, we know how to listen, but do we know how to like listen actively, right? Yeah. So I think there's a really cool thing like where, um, the kids got the chance to like interview one another, and there are certain prompts like after, after someone like completed you know, like their, their first set of questions, like they had to summarize and then like ask follow-up questions. Like, so like if you gave a story about like your, your childhood, I would would ask, it's like, what was a, um, a cool ice cream shop, like Mm -hmm. where your childhood was. Right. So those are like the active listening skills that we, we want. Yeah. Well, a bunch of
1: ATL skills, a lot of things that we got to focus on are those approaches to learning. I remember one of my favorite ones And I remember this one because I use it all the time in my report card Mm -hmm. is give and receive meaningful feedback. Ooh, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. So I'd write in my uh, report card and I'd actually adapt the language from that. And I'd say, Johnny is able to give and receive meaningful feedback. Then I'd adapt it and say something like, Mm -hmm. during projects, Johnny is able to give feedback or meaningful feedback to his peers during peer uh, peer projects or something like that, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. That's one of those ATL skills about listening that I – that's the language I use at least. ATL skills are great because it just gives you language uh, to talk about what we're actually teaching. That's and right. hopefully kids pick on of that. The other ATL skill that has to do with listening that I've always really enjoyed – or not enjoyed, the one that I go back to is – I can't remember. Wait, I do remember. (laughs) You know when you're on a train of thought and you're on a roll and you're about to say it and you forgot? Yeah. Just because I was trying to listen to you and now I (laughs) I had it in the back of my mind because I was listening to you and I forgot. Then it
0: sparked something. Oh,
1: I remember what it is. It's negotiate with peers and other people about something. But it used the keyword. The keyword was negotiate. Ooh, yeah. So I don't remember the full the full skill, but the keyword was a negotiate. So the art and skill of negotiating ideas and concepts mm-hmm. and balancing that. And part of that negotiation is you got to be able to listen, and also be prepared to process and say your part. Mm. Which is mm-hmm. what this is. This dialogue is. We're exactly. both trying to negotiate. Exactly. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. I hear you say some really cool things during this past... 37 minutes. It's been 35 minutes. We've been talking already. And I'm I want to respond to you, but I gotta think about what I have to say. Cause I want to make sure I got it I get it right. Yeah. But it it's a skill.
0: I- dialogue is a skill. That's right. Podcasting dialogue. Podcasting
1: dialogue <laughs> is a skill.
0: All right. So I Anthony, I actually have a couple questions all right, for, hit me, for hit you me. Well actually just one one question not all right. really a couple that's good because I'm not prepared um, yeah because <laughs> I, I really like the the motives of like your your podcast and yeah. I, I see that there's like a lot of potential because like all of us had you know like that influential teacher in like our lifetime right yeah. and and it I think it's like a big thing right that because like we're impacted today by the people who had influence on us right? So, but I was curious. Like, according to you, like, what do you think are like the top three um, factors that would would make a teacher out to be influential?
1: The top three teachers, or the top sorry, th- not top three qualities. Yeah, top three qualities. Yeah, that's good. I was jotting some ideas right off the bat. I'm gonna share a little quote that I saw in one of our coworkers' office. It was one of the first things I saw. And it was just a little picture, or not a picture. It was a it was a photo, if you will, and had this quote. It said, "Kids don't remember what you say or what you did, but they'll remember how you made them feel." Mm. It was something like that. And I thought about that, and the word that comes up at the top is care. Hmm. Like kids need to know that we care about them. So it's. When you're planning a lesson, it's understanding who they are, their quirks, their idiosyncrasies, and tailoring the lessons to them. Like, we all have our objectives. We all have our assessments, the curriculum that we need to fill, the the tick boxes that we need to check off. And there are a lot of them between what we do with the IB and the BC curriculum. And there's all those check boxes. But it's a skill to be able to take those check boxes and tick it off and make kids and and still let kids get kids to care hmm. and know that you care and that you know their story so I try to I, I think I spend like a good week just getting to know the kids
0: do you know what's interesting about that Anthony yeah because this just flashed my mind is that like a lot like I worked as part of like this company about that like its its whole purpose was around like servant leadership and care for customers right yeah and that what you just said this impact um just made me think about this but if you guys think listeners if you think about like restaurants or retail stores or whatever you go to and if you didn't have a good experience at that store if it was just like a neutral experience so you're probably not likely going to go return to that place right yeah so it's like, it, that's a nice little transferable skill too, right? That um, a lot of the, the restaurants that like you go to that, like give you experience that like, you know, like that um, show you that they care about you and value you as a customer as well. Like you're going to return to those places. So that that yeah. was a neat little thought that I had based off that first thing. Oh, but interesting. That's, that's really cool. You're
1: like framing caring as a skill. Yeah. Like caring for others isn't, we, we often think of caring person as an innate thing that they have as an individual, which is part of it is, but I also mm-hmm. submit that caring, care is a skill that you need to cultivate and nurture. Mm-hmm. And so I know I've had to rework my teacher persona or the way I talk to students so that they know that I care about them. And they and I try to ask them where they're at, who they are, and I try to tailor their in, the lessons into their interest to keep them engaged. So I think at the That's very beautiful. top, it's that care yeah. Uh the second one is organized. Hmm. Now, before I say talk about organized the top 3 things that I'm presenting as the things that you need as a teacher, it's going to change. Like care, organize and the last thing I'm going to talk about it'll probably change tomorrow, but this is just off what I'm thought of today <laughs> just cuz you asked. So I'm going to go with organized. That's really important, especially when you need to figure out as you lesson plan. But when I'm planning for things, I usually have the beginning and the end. I have all my check boxes I need done. We got to get this, this, this done at a lesson level and at a unit level, and making sure I have that all. I got to make sure my files are clean and organized so I know where to find everything. I got to make sure that. Um, Oh, sorry. Someone's calling me right now. <laughs> Let me organize this. No, totally no, do you know, This do you know is what's hilarious. Fun- do you know
0: what's really funny? Because I, I, I think that all teachers can relate with this. But yeah. like, if you, there's probably been a day where you've gone into a lesson completely unplanned, and not organized. Oh yeah. But like those days, it's like the kids can tell. They can kids smell can tell. it out like raptors, right? And then they act like raptors during the class too, you right? You can tell if you're but not that's ready a, or organized. That's a funny thing. Like if you have that vision, I like what you said. You yeah. connect well with the students. If you know them well, their quir- quirks and like all that stuff, and you got, let it guide your lesson planning, Yeah. then you're going to get the sensation that it will be the most enjoyable class you've yeah. ever experienced, especially when you have the objective in mind. Like, 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 um, one of our my the myp coordinator mentioned that, like, if, if you tell the kids of a destination, but don't give them the luggage that they, like, if, if you're going to Hawaii, yeah. but if you bring all like Arctic clothing or whatever, that wouldn't really make sense. No. Right. But you kind of have to have to give them like the luggage they need to get to their destination. You have to give them like the guidance. Like, yeah. The, everything. That's a really good right? analogy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah back to organized what I mean by organized again is you know the objective you know what you need to do I like to bookend my things make sure I know what I'm talking about between but I leave that space for spontaneity mm-hmm. Organized as in all your files your marking is up to date you know where everything is mm. just makes it efficient that's super important um, and finally the third one I think is adaptable mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. one I'm gonna say so care organize adaptable and that's super important especially now with the transition to off-site online learning and it's really interesting because I've seen some teachers teachers at our school other teachers here's where I saw a really good example of being adaptable as teachers teachers who didn't know how to use this technology they didn't know how to run zoom they didn't know how to use their webcam or all the settings to how to switch between different programs and then Two months in to online learning, they're like proficient at using all these programs on the laptop and online learning. And that's really cool and incredible to see. And that speaks to that adaptability. And we need that. Mm-hmm. Especially with things changing so fast in our world today. And especially with things, technology going at a rapid rate. Like every year there's a new actually not every year, every six months, it feels like there's a new phone model out there. Right. And even faster than that. Maybe even faster. So we got to be adaptable, mm-hmm. and that's where that whole approaches to learning skills comes in. I guess that adaptability is one. Of, is adaptability an ATL? Is it actually? I'm not. I, I definitely somewhere there.
0: I definitely see that it's, it, it it is interwoven within all. It's definitely interwoven the skills. It's definitely yeah.
1: an ATL skill. So yeah, that's my that's my three. Yeah. Care, organize, adaptability. I'll probably change it tomorrow. i love it because it's
0: hard it's like there's probably a list of 100 things that like oh exactly influential teacher to have right it's like one of those listicles like a buzzfeed list i would say like the number one thing would have to be like an addiction to superheroes like (laughs) i have (laughs) no i'm kidding
1: yeah no, no i know you are yeah anyway mitch shout out to my teacher first episode
0: Shout out to Paul Bonnell. And, Shout out and to Paul Bonnell. I don't know if he'll ever listen to this podcast, but it, in case he it does, it's that that it's a huge, huge influential factor. That um, yeah, throughout my own coaching and my own teaching, it's just uh, I don't know. I, I I I steal some of the principles, Bonnell, that you you have taught me.
1: Shout out to Paul Bonnell, Mr. Mitch Skevlin. Thanks for coming on the show.
0: Thanks for having me here.
1: Hey, everyone. If you like this episode, if you like the show, make sure to subscribe, like, favor, or follow, whether you're using Spotify, Apple, Anchor, or wherever else you get your podcasts. For updates, you can follow on Instagram at ShoutToMyTeacher or whatever I'm posting on Facebook. Consider sharing the show with family and friends by word of mouth or social media if you can relate to these experiences or if you enjoy listening to different voices talk about the role models that influenced or inspired them. This is the beginning of a new hobby for me, a passion project, and it's just a lot of fun and I'd love to connect with a variety of people. If you want to come on the show, if you're a teacher and you want to talk shop, if you're not a teacher and you just want to shout out to someone and promote something, you're welcome to message me to come on the show. I'm up for a session. Preparing for something like this is great for personal, professional reflection and development. But whatever we talk about, you got to give a shout out to a teacher, coach, mentor, role model that has influenced or inspired you. Until then, this is Anthony, high school teacher and hobby podcaster. Hope you're all having a good summer so far and hope you'll tune in for the next episode. Peace out.